This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. There are three main factors that determine the success of your ABM programs. Number one, accurate target account lists with verified contact data. Number two, keeping your CRM data actionable with reliable enrichment. And number three, going beyond serving ads with automated outbound emails. Apollo offers an all-in-one solution for these needs. Easily discover target accounts with over 65 filters, including technographics, buyer intent, and job titles. Automatically validate and enrich contact data, streamline outreach, and boost campaign effectiveness with just a few clicks. They're ranked number one for contact and company data accuracy on G2. And with over 6,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it makes sense why they're one of the most loved products out there right now. You can sign up for free with no credit card entry required. That's free for real free. No credit card even required at Apollo.io slash exit five. That's A-P-O-L-L-O dot I-O slash exit five. This episode of the Exit Five podcast is brought to you by Demandwell. Demandwell is the tech-enabled SEO solution for B2B SaaS marketers to drive results from organic. With the personalized strategic coaching of an agency and the scalability of software, they help make sure you're doing the right work to drive not just traffic, but also leads and customers with SEO. They've helped customers like Lessonly drive 40% of their revenue from organic search alone, and they help Terminus make organic search their number one source of demos. Whether you're an SEO expert or not, you should give Demandwell a try. And as an Exit 5 listener, you can get a free ROI consultation to see just how much content you need to create to hit your revenue goals right now with organic. So go to demandwell.com backslash ROI. That's everybody's favorite three-letter word that listens to this show. ROI, demandwell.com backslash ROI. And you can go and schedule your free ROI consultation today. Efficiency is more important now than ever, and SEO and organic marketing is probably one of the top channels you could be investing in if that's what you're focused on. So go and check it out. Demandwell.com slash ROI. One, two, three, four, exit. I'm excited to have the team at Jasper here. They are one of our premier sponsors of Exit 5. And out of all the companies that we... We had a lot of companies that reached out and wanted to sponsor this year. But I really wanted to work with companies that are relevant to what's happening right now. And I think there's no better example of this than AI and generative AI. And it's probably the number one topic that I see on social media and Twitter and LinkedIn. And so I'm excited to have you all here. So so let's kick it off. I want to introduce the, the Jasper team. Samutha, who are you? And CJ, who are you? And what do you do at Jasper? And then we'll get into today, okay? Hi, Exit 5 community. My name is Samutha. I work at Jasper and I lead enterprise marketing. So that means content marketing, product marketing, demand gen. And I am excited to be in a room full of my people, B2B marketers. Love it. CJ, that was the best intro. Clap it up. That, usually you let a marketing person like ourselves do an intro and we're still going. So it's great. <laughs> Let me explain in five slides. Well, yeah. uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, good afternoon. Good morning. We have people all around the world here. Uh, my name is CJ Donio. I'm a group product manager. So basically I have a bunch of product managers reporting to me. We're the ones that build the software. Our group is the business group. So I'll talk today about like our API, Jasper brand voice, account management. So that's my group, the business features group. Excited to be here. Excited to hear the awesome questions you guys hit me with. 
Awesome. All right. So I'm going to play host. I'm going to make sure that we stay on time. I'm going to make sure that we get into all the right stuff. And so if you're listening, I know there's hundreds of people here now, but this will also be recorded for everybody. And then you might be listening to us six weeks from now on a run, listening to us on the Exit 5 podcast. And so there's a lot that we're going to cover. My last housekeeping item before we get into this is if you're in the chat, one of the best things is that most people are here in marketing. And so I don't want you just to ask questions, put questions in the Q&A, but in the chat, Share your opinions. Like if you agree, disagree, what you're seeing, what you're doing, like help each other out in the chat. It's one of the best parts about doing this live session. So um, we have a bunch of questions from advance. We're going to get more questions now, but I want to kick it over to Samutha just to give us a little bit of context about why we're here and why this is so relevant to marketers today. Awesome. Well, like we just talked about, me and CJ are here. We got Meredith in the chat and Dave kind of kicking us through. And something I wanted to talk about is something we all feel every day, which is in B2B marketing, it feels like content demands are ever growing. Every brand says, prioritize all channels. We've got to move omni-channel. That's the only way to stay competitive, right? Like, I feel like now it's it's not just enough to have a healthy blog or a really good life cycle marketing function, you need the YouTube series and the podcast and the Twitter thread that better go viral and the co-marketing activities and making sure all your executives are active on social and building their profiles. And so I think my big takeaway here is that the expansion of channels is a really good thing for content discoveries, having all of these kind of bowls to fill, but it's a bad thing for overworked marketers, right? It kind of makes us feel like we've turned all of our creative sides into robots responsible for taking tickets from the organization and churning out deliverables like some kind of robot. And it is ironic that Jasper's uh, mascot is a robot, but you know, this is sort of like what content creation looks like today in a B2B marketing org. Content strategy has largely turned into which organization can create the largest volume of content possible. And what we're finding that's resulting in is a deficit in effort and in time spent in all of the other stages of content development. When you shortchange research, your content ends up shallow. When you start skimping on that editing process, you let all of that shallow content through. And then when you fail to optimize and repackage that content and you fail to really look at your distribution channels and vehicles, you get less value out of each piece. And kind of the big thing here is that high bar of composition in the middle. That's what's burning your teams out. That's what's burning me out. That's kind of you know, what I've found in my career that I'm spending so much time ticking the boxes on how much content I have to produce that I'm not actually spending time in all of these other kind of critical areas. And so this is Jasper's view and kind of this ideal marketing view on what an AI assisted marketing strategy can look like. And the big thing here is AI bringing that center bar down and redistributing that effort and that energy. It's time that can be reinvested in parts of the content strategy that it feels like we've long abandoned. And kind of zooming into my team specifically, right? I run an enterprise marketing org. I've, I've named a couple of different departments that I own. And so 
What this strategy looks like practically is it means Alton, who leads content marketing on my team, he's able to spend more time conducting interviews, outreaching, having really thoughtful conversations and creating content that incorporates multiple perspectives and allows him to really get back into that creative zone, you know, tying all of these perspectives together with his unique opinion or his perspective. And that's what allows us to create that quality content. Passing that baton on to Krista, uh, she owns SEO at Jasper. And so she's able to use AI to optimize each piece of content that comes out of Jasper, right? And it, it's a strategy that actually allows her to scale as a one woman team, figuring out how to support every content need within our org. And then in terms of campaigns and repackaging content, Angelica, who owns Demandgen on my team, She's really able to get some of that power back. And I know there's a bunch of us on this call today that that run campaigns, regardless of what our title is, right? And a lot of the times what it feels like being a B2B marketer is you're kind of given this deliverable on, hey, execute this campaign. And then you're sitting there on your hands waiting for the rest of the team or all of the other stakeholders to fulfill their end of the bargain, right? Like, where is that piece of content that's going to help me optimize your channel? And so the idea here is with AI-assisted marketing, Angelica is able to take that optimized blog post or ebook or whatever it might be and say, hey, actually, I have all of the power back to me on I can create an email series. I can create social media copy. I can create ad copy and hand it off to each of these stakeholders and say, go. Right. And that puts her back in the seat of being a strategist as opposed to just being sort of this like project manager, ticket pusher that has to remind everyone to do their work. And so that's sort of what AI looks like within Jasper. And we're seeing the impacts of that already, the impacts of switching over to that sort of strategy with folks like Morningstar. You know, Morningstar, if a financial services company, they're tasked with identifying and promoting content to investors, the investment professionals, really got kind of high stakes here in terms of the accuracy of the content, how quickly it needs to be updated and needs to adapt. And so the team uses Jasper in, in an AI-assisted strategy to distill these complex research papers and um, these new reports that come out and change constantly into a variety of types of derivative content. So blog content, landing pages, social media content. And so really figuring out how to use a tool like Jasper or an, you know, an AI-assisted strategy to scale the creation of content, to break through that writer's block, generate that SEO-optimized content for digital strategies, and execute on this like ideal of a multi-channel distribution strategy. So this is sort of what their results look like. This is what we're seeing with folks that are shifting over to that AI-assisted strategy. And I think what's important to note here is with AI, it, it, it isn't just more content. You're actually able to stop playing the game of more content equals more success. Really the way that I think B2B marketers you know, need to start thinking about AI, and I think a large portion of us already are, is figuring out how do we conquer that blank page syndrome? How do we really get off the content treadmill and get into an editor's seat, get into a strategist seat and start figuring out how to elevate our careers in that way? And, you know, I think we've seen that throughout history in our industry. You know, 
when advertising was the center of everyone's mind, the biggest budget won every time, hands down. There started to be shifts in that strategy and content marketing is kind of center of mind, right? And with that strategy, the biggest capacity won. The folks that could churn out the most content always won that game. And I think now with this shift in generative AI, there's really an opportunity here that the best ideas will win. And that's really where we're kind of focused at Jasper is enabling marketers to all hop on that bandwagon. But this is what it looks like in reality. And I don't know if everyone else is feeling like this. This is what my brain looks like. This is what my email inbox looks like. This is what every you know tech newsletter I read looks like. It feels like the generative AI revolution, it's begun every industry, every department, every job function. You know, companies announce an integration with a generative AI product and they see a leap in their stock price. Every investor tells their portfolio companies, incorporate an AI first strategy. Leadership teams look to their teams and say, adjust the product roadmap to match. And it's frankly really overwhelming to cut through all that noise right now. So, you know, that's sort of where I'd like, you know, and I'm open to this sort of being a discussion, but my viewpoint on where I think B2B marketers focus in this incredibly noisy, crowded atmosphere is really switching over from the idea of that generative AI doesn't have to be generic AI. And so that's sort of like my takeaway here is, you know, if I'm a marketer that uses six platforms to get my job done, I'm really not keen to interact with six different platforms that have distinct AI built into them. What I'm really craving in my experience as a B2B marketer, which I think will translate to how my customers see me, is how do I have one piece of AI assistance that follows me throughout my flow of work and is really able to understand me, understand my company, and talk in the ways that I would want to talk to my customer. And that's where I'm really going to see the ultimate benefit. And so that's sort of where I see generative AI going for B2B marketers. Finally, I know I've, I've kind of given a, a history lesson and zoomed into marketing and we can kind of spend the rest of the time here as we transfer over to CJ and start having a conversation about a lot of these things. My biggest takeaway here in terms of just marketing and generative AI in general is I think we need a better PR campaign. I think that marketers have been painted out to being victims in this grand narrative of generative AI is coming for your job and it's coming for marketing specifically. Marketing will be the first to go. I kind of tend to reframe that in saying marketers are actually the stewards of generative AI within the enterprise and for very good reason. There are few other job functions that are as dependent on experimentation, on testing, on pioneering new forms of communication. And it actually makes total sense that we are the stewards of this powerful technology and now have the privilege of being a powerful force for how it evolves and how other portions of the enterprise actually begin to adopt it. So kind of like my final piece here is 
the data is already telling us what we need to know on the future of the industry, right? And I don't think the big takeaway here is that AI is going to replace marketers or marketing. I think that AI first marketing departments will outpace those marketing departments that don't shift to this AI assisted strategy and don't embrace the tools available to them. And, you know, I have a bunch of anecdotes on, on how that relates to my team, but Maybe I'll just pause there. Yeah, thank you. Before we get over to CJ, I do think a lot of people want to see, like, want to hear about, like, examples specific to their life as a marketer. But just to echo that for a second, I think I think that right now you have an option, which is you can look at you can look at what's happening with generative AI, and you can roll your eyes at it, and you can say, "Oh, here's another trend or tool or technology." And I've been a part of a bunch of different companies in this space. And so I've seen this over time. But I've seen one common thread between a lot of the people that I know. And this is speaking to people out there as, as a marketer. Some of the people that I've known that have been able to grow their career the fastest are the ones who have been early adopters of technology. And so I think that what I would be doing right now if I was a marketer is instead of letting headlines to some youth slide, like instead of letting headlines dictate to you how you should feel about this or not, I would say in that 20% of your time that you're spent testing and learning and trying new tools, you're going to say, you know what, how can I try this? Or is there a way that we can improve a workflow here or generate new ideas here? And so one of my biggest weaknesses in my career has been not being one of the early adopters of new tools and new trends and new technology, because I'm like, I don't want to waste my time on something that might inevitably fail. But now that I'm able to look with a little bit longer term lens, I can see that the ones who get ahead the fastest is like, marketing is all about land grab and being early on new channels. And so if you can use a tool like Jasper or, or whatever tool you're going to use in the space to try to improve what you're doing today, that to me is a huge advantage is to be an early adopter and to be someone that takes a chance on a new channel. So that, I just wanted to put that in there as context, but uh, I would love to kick it over to CJ. And I do have a list of a bunch of questions, And but if you didn't already pre-submit a question, go over to the Q&A and put them in there. And after we rip through CJ's session, we're going to turn this over and make the rest of this discussion based. And we'll, we'll try to get to as many questions as we can. That's a great point, Dave. And one thing I just wanted to add, and I see, actually see Sarah's um, comment in the chat right now, which is really resonating with me. You know, if you're feeling overwhelmed by this slide right here, a hundred percent your boss is feeling that way and their boss is feeling that way. Like there are no experts in generative AI right now. There is no level of experience in the tech industry that equips you to know exactly how to move and how to adapt and how to evolve your strategy to this. And so I think um, outside of honing your craft and being this and having AI elevate the level of marketing you're doing, from just a strategic perspective of how do I elevate myself as a marketer within my org? How do I get to being in a leadership position? I really think it's serving some of those strategies up to your boss, right? Like saying, here's how we can really make shifts. Here's how it can really augment our wider strategy. So I think there's also just a huge opportunity here in the short term to help provide some of that guidance and, and even be a steward to your own leadership. Well said. All right, CJ, you got the mic. All right. So let me just start real quick with a story because I'm not a marketer, right? I'm a technical PM, but my wife's a marketer. She's a director of marketing and her team of 10 different uh, people, different disciplines, they do everything. They do publications, they do websites, they do events, they do newsletters, they do a bunch of stuff. And just to give you an example of what we've kind of been talking about here, one day she came to me and she's really upset and she's like, oh, I just got a request from sales. I got to get this posted as soon as humanly possible. I didn't even know about it until just now. 
And I literally told her, I said, send me the content brief. So she sends me the content brief. And then I said, hey, give me some ideas. Like, what are you going for with this particular article? It was an article about like a school opening up here in Utah. So she sends me some of her ideas. I put in some of my ideas. And about 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, I sent it back to her. And I say, okay, I think this is ready. It's SEO optimized. It sounds really good. It has all the details you wanted me to include. Send it to the customer. She sent it to the customer. They got it published that afternoon. So again, this isn't just a button you push and it just magically solves all your problems. This really is a superpower, right? Everybody's creating content. Everyone wants to create more content because there's kind of an SEO war going on, right? And so the only way to win is to be the most effective and efficient. So let me just start with saying, I talked to some of the biggest companies in the world and all of them are feeling like this is a printing press moment. All of them are thinking, okay, I need to revolutionize here the way we're doing things so that we can survive in this new high-paced environment. So I'm gonna talk about a couple of the concerns here. I wanna talk about the future. I'll talk through some of the specific solutions Jasper has, and then I'm actually gonna do a demo. And so I've seen a couple of things in the comments. I'll also incorporate in my demo as we go along, but yeah, don't be shy there. Okay, so let's talk about where AI is going, right? It's still relatively a, a new technology in the last 12 to 18 months, right? So some of the things I hear day in, day out is, hey, the content generated by Jasper doesn't really sound like me. Like, it's great. It's a good starting point, but I'm having to go through. I'm having to change out different words, kind of give it a, a brand voice scrub, right? So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that challenge and how Jasper addresses not. You're listening to my dad's XFI podcast. Hey, it's Dave. Real quick. Are you hiring marketers or looking for your next marketing job? We just launched the Exit 5 job board, and you can check it out right now. It's jobs.exit5.com. We're building the number one resource online for you if you're looking for your next marketing gig, or if you're an employer and you want to reach talented marketers in our network, you can do so right through the Exit 5 job board. Go and check out the jobs over there right now. You can browse if you're looking or if you're an employer, go post a job and find your next great teammate. That's the power of a niche like B2B marketing. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're building here at Exit 5. Go check it out. It's the Exit 5 job board, jobs.exit5.com. Not sounding like your brand. Number two, facts and key details. So I don't know if anyone saw, John Oliver did an awesome bit the other day on HBO about AI, and he talked about this concept of hallucination. So basically, if you ask AI something and it doesn't know, it really wants to please you. So it's going to try to answer the question, even if it doesn't know the answer. So we have a solution there as well, where basically you provide facts, you provide key details, and the AI does not hallucinate. It literally checks those as primary sources before it checks 20% of the internet. And lastly, I hear a lot people are thinking, okay, I got to acquire this technology. I got to build an AI team. I, I need to figure out this new environment, right? And again, I, I don't think you need to. I think that's where we're valuable is we can basically be an extension of your team. You can rely on our expertise, but I'm hearing that anxiety of like, I've got to learn all these crazy new technological feats. Okay, so let's go into uh, generating content doesn't sound like me first. So we have something we call Jasper Brand Voice. There's basically three different pieces. There's tone, style, and memory. So when we talk about actually having content sound like you, we're talking about tone and style. Just to get a little bit more tactical there, tone really is adjectives, right? So it's something like helpful, informative. And then you have this style component that in many ways enforces or contrasts 
those adjectives. Uh, we call them style rules. So for example, it might be, you know, if you have like a, a motorcycle company like Harley Davidson, maybe your tone is uh, rebellious aggressive. But then you have these style rules that say, but don't be a jerk about it, right? Be hopeful, be uh, optimistic. Don't just be pessimistic and aggressive, right? And then we also have, you know, grammar, punctuation rules as well that play into that style. Those two pieces together, tone and style, really comprise your brand voice. That's writing content that sounds like you and has the emotional weight behind it that your audience would expect. So after I get through uh, this, I'll actually show you where we're at with tone and style. Right now, you can define what's called the default uh, tone of style. It's basically two adjectives. Where we're going next is we're building support for those style rules, for those grammar and punctuation rules, so that, again, you can create a brand voice that actually sounds like you when content is generated. Just to chime in on that, that's cool. I didn't know that you all are, are doing that. But in the past, I've had to try to do this with humans. <laughs> and for anybody that might might say, like, oh, this isn't perfect yet. Well, like, have you ever tried to train an intern on your brand style voice or even a team of experienced people it, there always happens to be like on a, on a marketing team of 20 or 30 people there always seems to be like one to two people who can nail the brand tone and and voice and then everyone else like just basically dumps all their work on that person i know for me personally in my career that was me in the early days of drift where like i did a lot of the copywriting and brand narration and and the CEO was like, oh, you have the tone and voice of the company. And so what ended up happening is I became this huge bottleneck for the brand style and tone of voice. And so to have a situation like this where you could have technology actually do that at scale would, would be a huge problem solver for a lot of marketing teams. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's actually our goal. So we always start with a bunch of incremental steps. And then like, what is our grand vision? Our grand vision is Jasper knows your brand voice more than your, your employees do to the point where maybe you're writing content manually and he pops up and says, oh, hold on a second, you're not supposed to use conjugations, right? So that's where we wanna get is where we could actually help train your team. We hear that quite a bit, especially with really big teams with a ton of tones of voices. Uh, we hear like it's it's hard for people to stay in. Yeah, or, or or the solution is like you the someone on the marketing team spends weeks writing a style guide that like nobody adheres to because it's yep. just like a static. It's a Google Doc or a wiki, and like if I got to write a landing page, am I going to just pull that up and and use it? You know, and refer to that? No, I'm going to go and write. Like that that seems like a ridiculous process. So this is a really cool use case. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about the second component there, memory. So again. One of the problems with generative AI in general is this hallucination concept, right? The Jasper or whatever solution you're using will just make facts up, right? So what our solution is, is what we call memory. So essentially you teach Jasper facts. Uh, you feed in key details on uh, your company, your products and services, uh, your people. And when Jasper goes to generate content, he'll basically look at that as if you're training an employee and say, oh, I have this context. Let me make sure I'm including these facts. Now, we do have other elements in our app as well that also help with this. So for example, our chat function, you can do a, a Google search, which I'll show here briefly. But this memory thing is gonna be a game changer because whether you're in chat or documents or workflows, whether you're in the extension or the API, we'll be able to leverage these memories. So whatever you're writing, again, is factual, it's precise. And the other great thing, it's proprietary to you. So all the memories that you teach Jasper in your workspace, my competitor can't leverage these proprietary details, right? It's only available to you and your, your team. So super excited for that. I'll show a little bit of that here today as well. Any questions there, Dave? No, this is great. 
I love the chat conversations. Everybody's going to ask for, if you work at Jasper forever, everyone's going to ask you how this is different than chat GPT. And so you all are armed with that knowledge and you're going to keep beating that drum and I'd love to see it. Yeah, let's go to the next slide. It's a perfect segue actually. So what I'll say in general, all these things I just talked about, Jasper Brand Voice, this AI engine, some of the other features we have, our key differentiators, I would say our number one thing is quality. So we literally have an AI team. Day in, day out, all they do is fine-tune models. They look at outputs that are given to users. They look at the thumbs up, thumbs down, what was copied and pasted into the app. And they see like, okay, what's the best model to give me the highest quality output? And so that's actually what this Jasper AI engine is. So essentially the way it works is when you ask Jasper for something, we basically sum that up in a use case. So maybe I'm in commands and I say, I want you to summarize this article for me. So the use case is going to be summarization. So summarization comes into the AI engine and the AI engine says, okay, what model and what version of the model is best suited to give you the highest quality output? So what that essentially means is we're model agnostic. We're using multiple third-party AI models. We even have some of our own custom proprietary models that we use in-house. So for example, if you do a product description in the app, you're actually using our custom product description model. So where this makes us different is we will always have the highest quality output. That's our goal as a company is to give you the highest quality output. Number two, everything we're doing is specifically oriented to marketing audiences. So if you go to, I'm not going to name any specific names, but any other AI company, literally do an A-B comparison, put in the same request, the same command, see what the output looks like. What you're going to notice is, again, we're always fine-tuning for marketing use cases. And so that's really where we're sticky and special. So let's talk about an API. You all might hear this. I don't know how technical everybody is. But basically, an API is a way for two apps to talk to each other that otherwise couldn't. So what this means in the context of marketers is your tech teams could actually build an integration to Jasper. And whether it's your CMS or your internal tooling, they could literally build in generative AI into where you work. And what's great about that is behind the scenes, we're actually calling Jasper, we're using the templates, we're using chat, we're using art just like you would through the web app, but it looks like your brand, it looks like your tool. And so what I'm illustrating here is there's two really cool things that you could do with the API. You could build a custom integration, like I mentioned, maybe in your CMS, you have a button. So you type in some content and there's a button that says, hey, make this sound like us, write this out in this specific blog format, right? So you push this button, it basically applies uh, the one-shot blog post template. It also adds Jasper brand voice so it sounds like you, and it writes your blog post for you. So that's totally possible through a custom integration. Again, you can run any template, any job from your app to our app that you'd like. The second use case I often hear is, I want to do a thousand product descriptions, or I want to do a thousand variations on this article outline because I have different franchise locations, for example. So you could also do one-off jobs. Hey, run a thousand product descriptions through Jasper. Give me that really nice polished response. So you can also do that through our API. And, and same thing, everything you send to our API doesn't just go to a third party. It's not a pass-through. It hits our AI engine. We match it up with the best model. And then again, we give you the best AI output you could expect. 
I have a question. I don't mean to derail us and ask, oh, but I've been. Please. I just thought of this: is is Jasper going to learn the more that I input stuff on a on an individual? Like, are you able to learn what I'm inputting specifically, and then the broader universe of people using Jasper? Yeah. So we always talk about fine tuning happens at like the use case level. We talk about workspace level. We talk about user level. So that's where we're going. Is we eventually want to get it to a point where you've trained Jasper so well, like you don't want to leave because you've literally onboarded this digital team member. So that's where we want to get is to the point where Jasper really is trained and taught specifically on you and your business. That's the part that I think is becoming really interesting to me as, as a marketer or, or brand builder, or just somebody who's trying to do, do produce marketing content and copy at scale is like building in this, I don't know if backlog is the right word, but you know, weeks and months and years and thousands of lines of copy to be able to like, you know, if I think back to my time at Drift, for example, to be able to create a, a new landing page for a webinar and have me be able to just input some like some details about it, date, time, overview, abstract, and have it be able to spit out a landing page that feels like it was written in my voice. That's where this starts to get really, really exciting. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. All right. All right let's go to the last slide here. And then I want to jump right into the demo. So last slide simply shows you kind of a summary of what I just talked about. So again, we've got the web app. We've got an awesome extension, by the way. If you haven't used our extension, try it out. Uh, it helps you work in uh, you know, Word, uh, Google Docs, your email. So check it out, really powerful. And then again, we've got our API, the first piece kind of coming out uh, this month. So those are basically the three ways to use Jasper. All of those go through the AI engine. All of those are using uh, multiple models, giving you the best output. And then we have this enrichment layer. So we have Jasper brand voice, the memory side, tone and style, we also have a bunch of integrations, like we have an integration with Google Search, SEO, performance ranking. We even have one for plagiarism, a plagiarism detector. And again, that's what you get with Jasper. You guys can totally go with your company and build this on your own. That's a lot of expertise. We're really lucky that we have a ton of people here that they've actually worked in AI for years. And so that's what makes Jasper so powerful. Is <laughs> you could really do this powerful. on your own. And most companies, we can't effectively manage the website. I would yeah. not suggest doing this on your own. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. I'd love to jump into the demo, uh, Sam Yutha and Dave. Any, anything else, Dave, before I no, go there? Let's, 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 uh, let's hop into the demo. And then I want to make sure we have like a good solid 15, 20 minutes to rip through questions. Perfect. I will shoot for that target. Okay. So I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit and show you just a few different parts of the app here. So one of the first ones I heard, I think it was Craig in the chat. He mentioned, hey, what if I have a bunch of content? I really don't want to read it because it's a bunch of paragraphs. Can you like help me summarize that? So the first thing I'm going to show you is templates. So basically, templates are tools for you to get a specific output and a specific structure that you're looking for. So here, I really want to get a summary. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just paste in here a big old article I have on going to Japan. So a bunch of information and like food and travel and all that kind of stuff. And then I'm gonna hit generate. And by the way, this little number right here, you can actually turn this up if I want like three comps, I want three examples, I could actually turn that up and get even more options. So here you go. This basically walks through that I'm talking about uh, food, I'm talking about culture, I'm talking about specific points of interest in Tokyo. So there you go gives me my bullet points for an otherwise uh, pretty long read. So that's one tool I'll definitely check out is the content summarizer. One note, if you're on the business plan, this is a higher limit. It's actually 12,000 words here. So check that out. Okay, let me show you a couple other templates. So 
I mentioned earlier, one shot blog post. This one's actually really, really cool and shows you just how powerful templates can be. So what I'm going to do here, let me just put in, uh, I want to write an article about the different types of bears and where they live. So maybe I'm doing a project on, you know, the wilderness. I don't really know much about bears. And I'll put in here, my audience is wildlife enthusiasts. Hey, and you also notice, I'll come back to this in just a minute. My tone of voice is actually already my company default, which I'll show you. This is the tone of voice I was talking about earlier. So I basically detected this, plugged this in, and it's already pulled in for my content. So let me go ahead and put in two just to show you an example. And so what's really cool about custom templates is we can actually build any of these, but we can actually build them to kind of be more specific to you with the business plan. So all the time we have someone that's like, I want the one shot blog post, but I also want it to give me, you know, a list of like uh, Twitter keywords. I want it to give me a very specific conclusion format, etc. So just know we can totally create those types of options here. And what you're going to notice about this output uh, that's getting generated, and it's going to be a big one. That's why it's taking its time here. It's going to have a header. It's going to have paragraphs. It's going to have a conclusion. And each of them are kind of labeled. So that's what makes one shot blog post so powerful is you basically get everything you need for a blog post with minimal input here. But I also think there's an important internal use case here too, which is we spend a lot of time in marketing meetings and planning and summarizing actions and takeaways and next steps. And there, so there is the external marketing use case, but there's also a strong internal use case for summarizing and, and, and figuring out like what to do next. And I'm sure there's a lot that you all are thinking about as it relates to like helping marketers plan campaigns and like, hey, I worked at a company where every first Tuesday of every month we did the same type of product launch like that could have easily been assisted by AI. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we actually get a really common one is rewrites. So I have a blog, it's got like a 1000 articles on it. Periodically, I go in and I rewrite it. And that just hurts my face because I have so many articles, you can actually use Jasper and basically just freshen those articles up. So anyways, going back to the one shot blog post, you can see here, I got like my title, I've got different paragraphs by the different type of bears, pretty cool. The other great thing is I can come in here. And we also have this mechanism to give our AI team feedback on if we like the outputs we're getting, or I can just say, you know what? I love this. I want to port this over to what's called a document. And I wanted to just start working on this. I like what it gave me. It gives me enough to get going. I can add my own details and, and also add headers and whatnot here. So essentially you have a content editor that you can port any of these outputs to and just start writing. Okay. I'm going to jump around a little bit because I really want to get to a very specific demo I'm going to show you here. So we also have chat. So when I compare templates, templates I always kind of say is a good starting point. If you have some content and you're like, okay, here's what I, what I have to work with, you can use template as a tool to kind of get you to that content editing phase. Chat, I usually use chat as like an editing tool. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna write an article. And the reason why I'm gonna pretend in this scenario that I'm a marketer for like a musical instrument company. So I want to uh, learn about like the, the psychological, the health benefits of being a musician. Are there any, or am I just, you know, making it sound more glorious than it is? So tell me about uh, the psychological and learning benefits of being a musician. So what I want to do is I actually want to write an article that basically is saying, hey, being a musician is good for you. And then at the end, I kind of want to tie in our products. So let me go ahead and chat with Jasper here, see what he has to say. Okay. 
So if you're just if you're just listening to this at some point, CJ put in that prompt and got a block of, a paragraph of text back that says, I'm not going to read it all, but it says, being a musician can provide many psychological and learning benefits. Studies have shown that playing and or listening to music can reduce stress, improve problem problem solving skills, increase blah, 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 blah. So you basically get some information back to help you keep building on this. And what you could do is, again, treat it like a conversation. Tell me more about how this builds confidence. I can basically keep going. We have this concept of what we call look back, which is Jasper's looking at everything I've already said to him. And he's literally treating it like a conversation like, oh, okay, I know I know where to go next here. I have some additional details to share with you. How do you know where this information is coming from? Actually, there's a good question in the chat from right here, here um, yep, about sources. Yep. Cool. So I forgot to turn on this little box right here, this Google search. Uh, when you turn that on, it will actually provide sources. So the hard answer is when you don't have that on, Jasper's reading 20% of the internet to give me this output. When I have that Google search on, he's like, oh, okay, I'll check my work. I'll give you my sources so that you can kind of dig in further. So that's what I was showing there is the difference between just tell me what you know versus like, tell me what you know, but check your work. Let's talk about the prompts actually, because I feel like in this world yeah. and as somebody, I, I use Jasper a lot. I'm using it a lot more recently. One thing that I struggle with though, is like knowing the right way to frame a prompt. Can you give me specifically any, any guidance on that? I feel like if I write a better prompt, I'm going to get a better answer. It's no different than when I talk about people in the Exit 5 community. I'm like, hey, ask a better question. You're going to be get a better answer. How do you take that with prompts? So I'll put prompts into two different boxes, right? I would say image prompting is more difficult. You really have to overuse adjectives. Uh, you have to overexplain when you're dealing with uh, image AI. Whereas with write, uh, to be honest, I, I feel like chat has kind of flattened the prompting curve a little bit and templates behind the scenes are actually doing complex prompting. So let me show you one more example of where you can kind of flex some muscles with prompting. But again, you don't have to be an expert on this. So I can come in here to Jasper and let me take a piece of content here. So I'm going to take some content on coffee. So it's like a coffee shop and I could basically say, okay, here's my content. Please rewrite this paragraph and make it sound more exciting. So I'm literally doing a prompt here. I'm saying rewrite this, right? I can get fancy if I really wanted to. Uh, I see some people, they'll do something like a rule, like, you know, don't use conjugations or replace this word with that word. You can get fancy, but to be honest with Jasper, you don't need to. You can just put in a very simple prompt there, hit generate and get a quick output. The other thing I'll show you here in a minute, you can also do this within the context of a document as well. So see here it rewrote, Okay, to get the most out of this cup's flavor, try your hand at pour over brewing. Interesting. That's good. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. So it rewrote my content on coffee and actually made it sound a lot more exciting. That's pretty rad. Let me show you. And, and for what it's worth, this is this has been better. Like, say what you want, whether you believe in this or not. Anybody that has worked with other humans inside of a company, if you were to send that copy to your average, the average writing person, half marketer, half writer in your team, and say rewrite this and make this more exciting. Just because you're not searching, you're not getting information from 20% of the internet or able to all of this content at scale, you're not going to get this level of vocabulary. You're just going to get more exclamation points, if I'm being honest. Yep, exactly. And now I want to just show you too, what's cool about commands is you're literally just talking to Jasper. You don't have to be a prompting expert to do this. You can also do this within our extension, which is this little play button here. You can also do it within a document. Basically, you highlight what you're doing here, command enter. And there you go. He's going to kind of summarize. And then I can say, yep, I like where you're going. Keep going. I can have him keep kind of writing there. So 
We have a bunch of tools within documents, within the extension, again, to make prompting just simple, to make it user-friendly. Now, very quickly, I'll, I'll show you art. And what I'll say with art is it definitely takes practice. We, we do have templates that like help with it. So art is essentially image uh, generative AI. And so what I did here is maybe for my article that I'm going to work on for musical instruments, I want like an illustration of a drum set. My advice here, look up the different like types of lighting, art styles. You can even just try playing around with them here. Try an abstract look. I want it to be inspired by Dolly, one of my favorite artists. You can totally use these pick options to get you started. And then what I do is as soon as I find a prompt that I like, I basically just save it. And then one other cool thing here, you can actually click on this enhance prompt tool that we have and watch, it will actually make it even more cool. So again, we're trying to make prompting user-friendly, easy. Oh, this is my issue. I'm a terrible prompter with art. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, give me an image of a drum set. And what I get is not that. And so you have illustration of a drum set, chaotic, big, splashy paint splotches, of big blocky shapes. Yeah, this is great. Because when I had Megan on the podcast a while back, she had a great use case for marketers out there, which is like, we make a lot of decks. And when you make a lot of decks, you need images in your decks. And typically you would just like have to find a designer after and be like, hey, on slide seven, I'd love to have an image of X. But if you can do this on your own and use Jasper to generate art for you and get images in your deck or something, I, I love that as a use case. Yep. And again, use these pick list items, use the enhanced prompt that will actually add a bunch of adjectives, just help make your prompt more rich. You can also use these templates, which are pretty cool. You can come in here and say, hey, I want a picture of tacos uh, and use the food photography template. So again, the whole point is we're trying to make this simple for anyone just to consume and not have to like, you know, go down a YouTube rabbit hole, and learn about generative AI. Last thing I'll say real quick is that I want to go to questions. I want to talk about this brand voice and where we're going. So real quick, I'm going to go back to my example. I'm writing an article about musicians and uh, why it's good to be a musician. And then I want to include information from my company. So basically, we've got this uh, brand voice feature here where you can come in, you can drop in information on your products, your company, or your people. So let me show you what one of these looks like. So here's like a guitar. I have a ton of technical specs on the guitar. And basically, at the end of my article, I want to call the action that says, hey, this is a great guitar to get started with. So let me show you what that looks like uh, through commands. So please write a paragraph about this guitar. And then here I hit brand voice. I could pick that guitar I'm talking about. You'll notice it's gonna pull up all those facts. And now I'm gonna generate content. And what you'll notice is I've got a bunch of really specific details, right? The number of strings, the type of strings, the type of wood, the type of pickups, and there you go. It gives me content that's specifically pulling in those facts that are crucial to my content here. Awesome. Okay, Dave, I know there's, there's even more I could show, but I definitely want to go to Q&A with you and Samutha. Anything else before we go there? No, I mean, what you just showed me is how poorly I've been using Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> so this is awesome. I hope people get a lot of it. Um, I do have one nitpick in the chat. It was not a, this is not a knock on anybody, but I, it's one of my pet peeves is when we see a new tool, we often ask like these very fringe questions. And I think it's tough to ask a question like unless you've, First, use it and try to use it for a use case, and then it's a little bit easier to ask these these kind of you know fringe kind of just anywhere questions. It's like you need to walk before you can sprint, and I think that is true for a lot of the questions that we get about new tools and, and new new technology. But all right, I'm going to pop over into the Q and A. CJ, that was great. Thank you so much. Good job, and then shout out to 
give the product engineering team a fist bump behind the scenes that you successfully executed a live demo and, and there were no major flaws or hiccups. That was that was fantastic. All right, I'm going to go in the in the Q and A and. Uh, I just want to come back to this one and answer this. This is from Kenny. Is it possible to craft personalities before prompting an AI the way it learns and remembers brand guidelines? I know we briefly touched on that, but I want to come back and just summarize that for people. Yes, thank you for it. I was like, oh, we didn't really get to that. So right now you can plug in your default tone of voice. Uh, we have a tone detector. So if you literally pop in some of your content, uh, we can detect your adjectives. Again, where we're going next is you'll be able to configure those style elements you know, grammar, punctuation, word choice, right? So that's where we're going next. They're gonna support multiple tones of voice very soon. That's what they're working on now. And then they move on to those style rules. Once we get there, we literally want it to get to a point where whether you're working internally or externally, you could have multiple uh, tones of voice, multiple styles uh, for your company. Cool, this question is from Darcy. Can you teach Jasper what sources you prefer or wanna exclude or include in that case to ensure brand topic relevance? Not yet. I mean, you could do that through memory. So I could just pop that information in. Uh, the memory team is eventually going to do some really cool stuff. You'll be able to take a URL and it will just kind of consume the content from that URL. They're even talking about doing like video speech. So you could upload like a Zoom video. We literally do like a transcript behind the scenes and then we bake that into memory. So we're doing a bunch of cool stuff with memory. So I, I would say check that out and try it. Try putting in some of those facts and you'll you'll see those results. Are there any royalty issues with using the output of the AI image? Yeah. So what I'll say here, this is actually unsettled. So mid-journey, I think they're alluding to like stability diffusion mid-journey. There's kind of this active lawsuit. Where it gets weird is when you say, do it in this exact style from this exact website. So you'll notice in the example I gave, I don't like to do that. I kind of come up with my own options. And, and then I'll actually do a, a Google photo search just to make sure nothing looks similar. And I've literally never run into like, oh man, that's exactly like this image. It's always unique. But what I'll say is we're trying to figure that out with all these players, you know, the, the copyright element. So long as you're providing original ideas, it's just like if you were drawing or doing something with graphic design. So long as you're using original ideas, you shouldn't run into any problems. We kind of touched on this in the chat earlier, but I think it's worth just re-answering because um, it's a question that a lot of people have. And I think this is actually not even a Jasper specific question, but I think this is because ChatGPT has had all the buzz in this space. And actually another great point that I loved on the podcast with Megan is she's like, I wish we could, you know, thank you to ChatGPT for helping, like, you know, you know, pull us into this category and get and give Jasper this buzz. But John said, how is Jasper's tone and style feature different than training ChatGPT in your style? A few things. So we're really close with OpenAI and they're great at what they do. Honestly, they've elevated everybody like you just pointed out in the AI space. What I'll say is they're generalists, we're specialists. So again, everything we're doing, we're doing it through the lens of like marketing content, marketing teams, right? So again, I would just encourage you to go chat GBT, go to our chat, put in like the same prompts and you'll notice a difference in terms of the output. And that's cool. again, because we're building specifically for you and OpenAI has no intent to build just for marketing teams, right? So that's probably the biggest difference between us. Behind the scenes to get it a little step deeper, we're doing a ton of fine tuning on marketing content so that it's getting more precise uh, in that ballpark that you're looking for in terms of what's acceptable, what's high quality, right? And so again, OpenAI is not gonna do that. They're having to do this generally across all different use cases and industries. So that would be my biggest differentiation. 
Cool. So Musa, do you want to actually explain this? So, so Diane said, this is similar to the tone of voice question. Can Jasper write content for different stages of the buyer's journey? You are a marketer actually doing this. And you said, yes, I did that last week. Can you, can you share that story? Yeah. So a big way that I use Jasper is to get personalized on my audience. And I know, right, I sell into marketers. So that's great for me. But getting in even more specifically, the questions that folks ask when they're just thinking about generative AI, right? It's a buzzy word. They want to click on an ad. They want to read an ebook. They want to educate themselves. That's a very different tone of voice. That's very different value I provide than when they're fully engaged in a sales cycle or when they've just attended a webinar and like really listened to how Jasper works or attended a demo. So what I wanted to tell Diane is I actually just created a separate email cadence last week for folks that downloaded a certain ebook and then had also requested a demo that was very different than the existing email campaign that we had. So yeah, it's it's sort of like as if I was switching from talking to marketing to sales. I speak to Jasper in a way that allows me to just adjust that existing marketing audience, but speak to them at a different stage in their buyer journey. So I basically treat like I create a different audience within Jasper and I create content for for that audience. Awesome. While you're on that topic, Tell me one or two of the ways that you as a marketer at Jasper are using Jasper in the day-to-day operation of marketing. Yeah, I, you know, I t- told this anecdote just last week. Someone said like, how'd you use it in like the last, you know, month or whatever. So in February, we had Gen AI and one of the responsibilities I was stoked about is prepping some of the keynote speakers. So one person that was my responsibility was Nat Friedman. He's doing a fireside chat with our CEO, kind of this prolific investor, the former CEO of GitHub, like just has had this incredible career. And uh, there was a scheduling conflict. And what happened is my prep meeting with him popped up unexpectedly, like two hours from now. I didn't know anything about him really. Like I didn't know what we were going to talk about the keynote in. I didn't know a ton about his history. And so the way that I use Jasper is I toggled Google search results on. I said, spin me up a brief history of Nat Friedman, pull the last five media articles that mention him and spin me up 20 questions that he might have an interesting point of view on. So that completely prepped uh, my meeting for him that probably would have taken me a bunch of hours to go out and do that research. Again, what AI did not do is show up on the call for me, build that relationship, provide some sort of opinion, give him feedback on what are the topics that we were to discuss. AI didn't do any of that for me. That's the part I enjoy about my job. That's the part that has given me opportunities in my career that makes me a smarter human. What AI did do for me is send me into that meeting much more prepared than I would have ever been. And so so that's kind of like my favorite use case in like the last month in terms of like, how do I just go into every meeting being as effective as I possibly can, especially in those times where I I just didn't have the bandwidth to do it. I didn't have the time to spend on it. I love that. And that's a perfect example of like, that's not a conversion-based, you know, marketing, driving revenue with AI. It's just like a helping you do your job as a marketer and a a communicator. This question is from Brandon, just popped in the chat as a follow-up to my question. And I, I really like this. Ask this to both of you. What are some use cases? You you know the power of this type of uh, a tool like this. What are use cases that you wish marketers used more or or used AI to do more of that you see? I can start there. So I have two kind of buckets in mind, bulk content generation. So once my API is out the end of this month, I really hope people, you know, change a thousand job descriptions, for example, or product descriptions. So 
full content generation in general, it, I want to see how people use it and see how sticky it is. The other one I'd say is complex data synthesis. So I hear from a lot of companies that want to take, you know, a white paper research study and then basically say, okay, summarize this in three paragraphs. So we want to work into that space. We need to get like more technical and more scientific to do that capably. But that's another use case. I'm really excited to see how it, how it works. And I'll say awesome. zooming out yeah, go ahead. the Jasper specific, you know, everything we've just been talking about. A use case that makes my eyes light up is the text to video modality. Like the stuff folks like Runway ML are doing, the videos that they're able to release. Like that's what makes me step back and say like, oh, like, holy shit. Like this is going to be huge. The way that I can you know, use a tool like Jasper to help me create a script, use a tool like Runway ML to bring that script to life into video uh, and augment that in all of those ways. Like, again, aside from like kind of working in like the tech field, me as a learner, I'm a visual learner. If I was able to consume information in that way and have that power within myself to create visual storytelling pieces like that, like that's what gets me excited on where AI is going and where where marketing is going to just be able to open up just so many different modalities for folks like me to use who's um, I consider myself a creative person. But do I have that creative toolkit to actually go out and create video? No, I don't plan to invest more there. And all of a sudden, these tools allow me to like branch in lightweight into some of these um, modalities that I didn't think possible before. All right. Thank you to you both, CJ, Samutha. Uh, look, if you got anything out of this, go to jasper.ai, check them out. I know there's a bunch of interest. Make sure you tell them that you heard about this through the exit, through exit five. We'll have this on the podcast. We'll have this recording for everybody. We could have spent six hours with all the questions here. And so we will do a follow-up session probably next quarter. And maybe we could just run this format back and just talk about like what else is new. I think this is great. Uh, Angelica, if you're listening somewhere, this is we just do this again in three months and, and see where we're at. Thank you, CJ. You rocked it. Samutha, you rocked it. And go and check out jasper.ai. And we will see you all later. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. If you're in B2B marketing and you want to grow your career, you should also go and check out everything that we have over at Exit5.com. We've got articles, we've got videos, we've got templates. Plus, we have a community, a community of over 4,000 B2B marketing pros. Whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's hatch.fm. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. There are three main factors that determine the success of your ABM programs. Number one, accurate target account lists with verified contact data. Number two, keeping your CRM data actionable with reliable enrichment. And number three, 
going beyond serving ads with automated outbound emails. Apollo offers an all-in-one solution for these needs. Easily discover target accounts with over 65 filters, including technographics, buyer intent, and job titles. Automatically validate and enrich contact data, streamline outreach, and boost campaign effectiveness with just a few clicks. They're ranked number one for contact and company data accuracy on G2. And with over 6,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it makes sense why they're one of the most loved products out there right now. You can sign up for free with no credit card entry required. That's free for real free. No credit card even required at Apollo.io slash exit five. That's A-P-O-L-L-O dot I-O slash exit five.